This is Tuesday, December 21st, and Christmas is coming closer, isn't it? I want to start with a story. How could it be done? That was the question Susan Stevenson asked. How can you take one of the worst performing public schools in the nation, school is called Stanton Elementary School, in the D.C. public school system, one of the worst systems in the country, and change the story? Yes, of course, new teachers were needed, and the facility at the time looked more like an orphanage than a school. Mind you, this school had been stuck for decades. What will it take to turn it around? Susan looked at the crisis. She knew that it was systemic. Student performance was poor, parental involvement. Well, there was none of that. So what could she do? What Susan did was to sit down with parents across the district and find out what was going on. She found a deep distrust between teachers and parents, and from both sides, no one seemed to care. So Susan trained the new teachers to visit the homes of each and every student before the new school year began. They weren't visiting with contracts to sign or information to share. They were only there for time to listen to the parents. The teachers were to ask, Tell me about your child's experiences in school. Tell me about yours. Tell me your hopes and dreams for your child's future. And finally, what do I need to do to help your child learn more effectively? You see, the goal was to connect, to listen, simply to be together to think about how to work together for the benefit of each child. And the results were staggering. Parent involvement went up five times. Proficiency of students doubled and then tripled. Truancy plummeted. Suspensions almost came to a complete halt. And the results did not trail off, but grew over time. How could such a small thing have such a big effect? It was connection. Connection was like water poured on parched ground, causing seeds of hope to germinate and enabling new patterns of life to sprout and grow. The teachers gave the gift of presence and ultimately relationship. Now, when we read the story of God saving the world, he didn't have a school to reform, but a whole creation to redeem. How's he going to do that? Yes, God chose connection. He came in person. That had been the promise of God. We read yesterday, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's John 3.16. Now we may read that word gave and think of Jesus going to the cross, which he did. But the mission of Jesus began with presence. The word became flesh and dwelled among us full of grace and truth. And Jesus gave no edicts. There were no threats in his words. Instead, he entered in. He ate with tax collectors, religious bigots, and sinners of all stripes. Here was love in the form of being there. Presence, plain and simple. Tell me about your hopes and dreams. Now this week, we're learning about God's promise to love his people. The Old Testament sings with the story of God loving his people 
to life. Here's an example. Psalm 31, 7-8 I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction. You knew the anguish of my soul. You've not given me into the hands of the enemy, but you have set my feet in a spacious place. Yes, these are the words of King David as he saw the steadfast love of the Lord in his life. The unconditional nature of God's love struck him. God protected him from his enemies. God brought him from a place that felt closed in by danger, by his fears, into a spacious life as he describes. But the Old Testament tells of more than the love of God. It also tells about the promised presence of God. Listen to the beauty of this promise given to the prophet Ezekiel. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and will look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they are scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Lord. That's Ezekiel 34, 11-15. God sees the unfaithful leadership of kings and spiritual leaders of the people, and he promises his people that he himself will come and shepherd them. Now, likely they couldn't imagine how this could possibly happen, how God himself would show up. But God here takes the redemption of his people as his personal mission. He will be present with them. He will come to them. He will be God with them. Now, this is central to the notion of love, the kind of love that God gives to us. This love doesn't happen from afar, but is present with us. This is the explanation of the Incarnation, why God entered our world in human flesh. Even in their sin, the Lord would not remain distant from His people. He came and lived in their midst. Now, there's so much more that we don't have time to unpack in this passage for today. But do you believe that God is with you? That as Jesus promised His disciples, He is always with you, even to the end of the age. This is love, and this is how Jesus loves you. Let's pray. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens and your glory to the skies. You pour out your love in abundance as water on a dry and thirsty land. Cause your love to be seen and known this Christmas, for we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.